Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to read Romans chapter 11. Hello and welcome to the Lord of the Storm. I am not Mark Antony. I am Dan Parr, your Bible reading friend. But I can see how you could be confused. We're both such powerful figures. Well, it's true we are reading Romans 11 today. Go ahead and turn there now. As always, my reading comes exclusively from my own easy-to-understand-and-read version, which you can find on Amazon.com. The complete New Testament recorded in audio format so you can get more of God's Word into your life. What do we owe the Jews? Anything? Paul has some thoughts for us as we read today's Word. Let's pray. Father, as we get ready to read your Word right now, speak to us, we pray. Help us to have insight and understanding so that we can know you and your will better. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 11. I ask then, did God reject his people? No, may it never be. For I am also an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God didn't reject his people, which he foreknew. Or don't you know what the scripture says about Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel, writing, Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have broken down your altars. I am left alone, and they seek my life. But how does God answer him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed down to Baal. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to God's grace. And if it is by his grace, then it is no longer of our works. Or else his grace is no longer grace. What then? What Israel sought? They didn't obtain, except for those who were chosen. The rest were hardened. As it is written in Scripture, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that couldn't see, and ears that couldn't hear. And it is still like this to this very day. David says, Let their table be made a snare, a trap, a stumbling block, and a payback to them. Let their eyes be darkened so they can't see, and always keep their backs bent. I ask then, did they stumble so that they would fall completely? No, may it never be. But by their fall, salvation has come to the Gentiles to provoke the Jews to jealousy. Now, if their fall is the riches for the world and their loss is the riches for the Gentiles, how much more riches will their restoration bring? For I speak to you who are Gentiles. Since I am an apostle to Gentiles, I glorify my ministry, if in any way possible, so that I may make jealous those who are of the same flesh as me so that some of them would be saved. For if their rejection led to reconciling of the world to God, what would their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the first fruit is holy, so is the cluster. If the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive branch, were grafted in among them and became participant with them of the root and of the richness of the olive tree, don't boast over the branches. For it is not you who support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. That's true. By their unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Don't be conceited, but be reverent. For if God didn't spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. See then the goodness and harshness of God. For those who fell, harshness. But toward you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you will be cut off also. And if they believe, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of a wild olive tree and were grafted into a good olive tree, how much more will these, which are the natural branches, 
be grafted into their own olive tree. For I don't desire you to be ignorant, brothers, of this mystery, so that you won't wrongly be wise in your own mind. But a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, even as it is written, There will come out of Zion the Deliverer, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. This is my promise to them, when I will take away their sins. Concerning the good news, they are enemies for your sake. But concerning the selection, they are loved for their ancestors' sake. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For as in the past you were disobedient to God, but now you have received mercy by their disobedience. So also, these who are now disobedient will receive mercy. The same is shown to you they will have. For God has tied all people to their disobedience, so that he can have mercy on all. The riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God is so deep. His judgments are unsearchable, and his ways are far beyond our knowing. Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Or who has first given to God that God need to repay him again? For by him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. As we have been going through Paul's letter to the Roman believers, he has been telling them in various ways a couple of things. The Gentiles, those not born of Jewish ancestry, can be saved by God. And that everyone who wants to be saved must come to Jesus by faith. There aren't any good works they can do. They can't earn salvation. They have to, by faith, accept the free gift of God. Much of his letter to this point has been emphasizing these two points. Now he takes a slightly different angle. He lets the Gentiles know that it was the Jews' rejection of the message that God uses to bring the message to the Gentiles. For Paul, after being beaten and chased from city to city by the Jews, started speaking to the Gentiles by God's plan. He wants them to know that the Jewish people can still be saved, but because of the hardness of their hearts, many have rejected the good news of Christ. He also wants to point out to the Gentile believers that they shouldn't get boastful over the Jews about being accepted, for they were grafted in because of the Jews. And if they start thinking that it's their works or position that gets them saved, they are going to miss the point just like the Jews did or are. And this can serve as a warning for us, too. Over time, we can start thinking we are better than others because we're saved. And this is a lie straight out of the pit of hell. We all come to Jesus the same way, on bended knee, broken, dirty, in need of a Savior. We all start at the same place. And God doesn't play favorites. Every good thing we receive from Him is a gift. Not because of our righteousness, but because of His goodness. And he is more than willing to give the same to everyone who calls on his name. Our standing is by grace and grace alone. So there is nothing for us to boast about. Instead, we need to follow the instructions found in Philippians. Do nothing out of selfish or conceitedness. Instead, humbly consider others before yourselves. And Paul is going to say the same thing in just a few verses from now. In Romans 12, 3, he tells us, Do not think of yourself more highly than you should. Instead, think of yourself soberly. All right, let's pray. Father, we're grateful for what you have done for us, and we recognize you will do the same for anyone who comes to you. May we never forget it was our sins that put you on the cross, and it is simply through your love and goodness that we are saved. May we share that message of good news with everyone we come in contact with. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, that is all I've got for today, but there is still plenty more to go through. So I hope you'll come back for the next episode of The Lord of the Storm. Thanks for listening today. God bless.